Hello, welcome to the For the Love of Film podcast. I am your host, Scott David Chase. This is the the lightning round episode where um, I'm going to wrap up the last of the films that I saw in 2019 so that uh, going forward I can start talking about the new movies I saw in 2020. Um, there's 11 movies that I'm going to talk about. The only episode I had come out in December was the one talking about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. <clears throat> so I didn't realize I had seen this many movies without adding them to the you know the the podcast so again I apologize but so these will probably be pretty brief which is interesting because um I so earlier this afternoon myself and Bob Scammon and Greg Gaskell recorded our top 10 list for the movies of 2019 and four of the movies that I saw that I'm going to talk about on this episode uh, made it to my top 10 so, you know, I saw 40% of the best films I saw last year in the last month. So, um, uh, I'm not going to say which ones they are. So you, if you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and listen back. Uh, but, um, I'm going to go through here as quickly as possible without skipping over anything. Cause there were definitely some, some weird movies, but so the movies I'm going to talk about, not necessarily in this order, but uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Dark Waters, Black Christmas, Jumanji, The Next Level, Uncut Gems, Bombshell, Marriage Story, Cats, Knives Out, Little Women, and Queen and Slim. Um, So first, I'll just get it out of the way. Yeah, I saw Cats. Um... <clears throat> that was, uh, it was one of those ones that, uh, you know, it, 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 from seeing the previews, it looked nightmarish and wasn't really, you know, I, I, there was no a real appeal to it to me, but I had seen the, the show a couple times when I was a kid on Broadway and I was familiar with it and uh, I, I'm not a big fan of musical films anyways, but just once I started reading the reviews at how bizarre it was, I just had to see it. So, um, I, 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 you know, and I use the, the line that I'm seeing it so you don't have to, to a lot of people. Um, and it's definitely the case. It's, it's a very bizarre, uh, not, it, it it's not so bad that it's good. It's not one of those things. It's just, it, it's bizarre, but also incredibly boring. Um, so for those of you not familiar with the story, there is no story. Um, it's, it's a musical review. It's basically, uh, these cats, which are, uh, you know, they're supposed to be just regular everyday cats, but on stage and in the film, they're portrayed by humans on stage. They're wearing makeup and Lycra and in the film there's, you know, CGI uh, trickery and very terrible CGI to to make them look like they have fur and there's dance numbers and they're all trying to vie for a spot to be be reborn as a new cat. So it's just a series of three minutes songs where these cats just come in, introduce themselves, and then for the most part they're not seen again. And you know, in the in the theater. It's professional theater actors and dancers, whereas this is movie stars, many of whom can't sing very well and certainly can't dance. And uh, different amounts of 
actual footage, you know, it's it's debatable what's CGI, what was really used, but everything has a CGI wash to it, and there's the whole uncanny valley phenomenon, which is, you know, something that looks sort of human but isn't quite human, and the eye doesn't accept it. It's the whole movie is like that. Um, many of these actors, I was just embarrassed for because uh, it's just super awkward. It's bizarre. It's it's like what I've been told is like a bad psychedelic drug trip, but it's not, uh, it's not fun in any way. Most of the iconic songs are sung by actors who are singing out of their range or in a different, the the songs have been transposed to a different key to accommodate the actors. So it's just kind of a, a failure on all parts. Uh, yeah, I, I cannot recommend this movie to anyone. It is just a huge, dumpster fire of the movie i would give cats a a two out of ten uh it's really really terrible um let's see i'm just gonna go through uh maybe worst to best uh now so uh the next one that i saw was a beautiful day in the neighborhood um or the next one i'm going to talk about rather because that was the one i saw uh first out of all these movies um This is the movie where Tom Hanks plays Mr. Rogers. And a lot of praise has been said towards his performance, which I don't necessarily get because, first of all, I don't think he looks much like Mr. Rogers. He looks like Tom Hanks wearing Mr. Rogers' clothes. And um, while I never found Fred Rogers to be creepy, or I don't find Fred Rogers creepy, maybe as a 20-something I did for a little bit, until I really understood uh, everything that he was doing. But um, Tom Hanks' Fred Rogers is really unsettling. Um, But the biggest thing about this movie, my biggest problem with this movie is it's not about Fred Rogers. Uh, It's about, uh, he's a supporting character. He's in maybe 40% of the film. It's about Lloyd Vogel, who is not a real person. He's an amalgamation of... A journalist. Uh, this this film is based on um, uh, an article by Tom Junid called "Can You Say Dot 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 Hero?" Question mark. But you know, he wrote a profile of Mister Rogers in a magazine uh, later in his career. And but this film t- follows Lloyd Vogel uh, and his his life, his his estranged father his difficulty uh, with his wife and his new child, and none of this is about a real person, and none of it's particularly captivating. Um, Matthew Reese, who is the actor who plays Lloyd Vogel, I've seen him in a couple other things, and I just, I don't like him. I don't I don't find anything compelling about him. So that's a problem right there. <clears throat> and it's the, fo- he's the focus of the story, and where, I, I don't understand why this movie was made. There was an excellent, film made last year uh called won't you be my neighbor it's a documentary about fred rogers which everyone i yeah i've said it before everyone should see it i recommend it um this movie is something entirely different and it's done in a in a whimsical yet completely devoid of any real emotion type of way and it sort of gives you the the frosting version of fred rogers without getting into the crux of who he is as a person and it's just I don't know. It's it it's a waste of time and it's also uh, uh Fred Rogers legacy deserves much better than this film. Uh, I hated this film. Uh I would give uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood 
I would give it three stars. Um, so I guess I'm working my way up. Uh, the next film was Black Christmas, which is a remake of the 1974 horror film Black Christmas, which was also remade in 2006. Um, this is a weird. This is a weird uh, almost slasher movie that isn't a slasher. I, it, it, I mean, it is, but it tries for different things. And uh, it, it tries to be relevant uh, in the post-Me Too movement uh, times. And it, it, it's strange because it takes, uh, unlike a typical horror movie, it really takes its time developing the characters, uh, these young women at a college, and um, one of whom, or at least one of whom has been the victim of sexual assault and... Um, her <clears throat> dealing with that and going through and, uh, moving past it, uh, I, it, you know, she's perpetrated by a fraternity brother and, um, it does some interesting stuff with that. And then, you know, but pacing wise, it's the first 65 minutes of the film is all character development. And then the last 25 minutes of, or so of the film is, a bizarre revenge fantasy film, which is, it's not particularly gory because it's a PG 13 film, but also, uh, it's not particularly captivating. And there's some supernatural elements that are thrown in kind of as an afterthought. And it just didn't really work. Um, it's better than I expected it to be. The performances are certainly better than, uh, this sort of film usually has, but ultimately, <clears throat> Black Christmas was a, a throwaway, um, decent potential, executed, not great. Uh, I'd give that four stars. Um, I also saw Dark Water, which is um, it's it's based on uh, the the novel The Lawyer Who Became Dupont's Worst Nightmare. Um, it's you know <clears throat> for a courtroom drama based on a actual event. It was far more compelling than I expected. Uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo plays uh, Robert Billow, uh, Billot, uh, uh, an attorney. He starts out as a corporate defense attorney working for chemical companies, though not DuPont themselves. Um, but, uh, you know, a, a friend of his grandmother's, a, a farmer, is having uh, horrible things happen with his cattle and approaches him and, you know, through the course of uh, almost 20 years, uh, he, he battles, uh, the DuPont, the chemical company and eventually, uh, wins. And, uh, it's a very, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting film. It's a lot of it. I knew the basic premise of what had happened, but I didn't know the details. And it's, it, as an American, you should definitely be concerned by, uh, what this company got away with and what a lot of large corporations get away with. Um, I definitely recommend seeing Dark Waters. Um, I don't know about replay value, but uh, you know it was certainly compelling. The time I watched it, I'd give Dark Waters a a seven out of ten. Uh, let's see. Okay, um, I also saw Queen and Slim, which um, you know when uh, Daniel Kuliata, and I think I'm saying his name correctly. Um, I'm sorry. Daniel Kaluuya, uh, I don't know what I was saying before, uh, you know, he was in Get Out, 
uh, had had an amazing performance in that, and then hasn't really given a a performance on par with that. And a few things I've seen him in since um, he has kind of a nothing part in Black Panther. Um, in this, it's okay. It's this this film started out compelling, dealing with the idea of you know what it is to be black in America in present day. And it's, you know, a, a guy and a girl who go out on a date who and it doesn't go well, who through circumstances end up on the run because of the death of a police officer. And it's interesting watching it, getting getting that perspective on America, and then it kind of devolves into a formulaic uh, on-the-run film that didn't seem particularly deep or poignant. There's also uh, what I consider to be a gratuitous sex scene almost at the end of the film that's, uh, uh, I don't know, just uh, felt unnecessary and uh, out of place. And uh, I don't know, the movie felt fairly well-grounded at the beginning and then just kind of went off the rails and in the last third of the film. And it was disappointing because I was hoping it was going to be something that I really appreciated, and it turned out to not be the case. So, um, tough, to, tough to recommend Queen and Slim. Uh, it looks beautiful, at, particularly in the first half when a lot of it takes place in in shadow. But um, yeah, at the end, uh, pretty disappointing. I'd give Queen and Slim a four out of ten. Uh, I also saw Bombshell, which is a you know by bi- another biographical film. Uh, about um, uh, Fox News and uh, all the sexual harassment suits filed against uh, former Fox News CEO Roger Ailes. And, um, you know, really solid performances from uh, Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, and Margot Robbie, but also a, a really great supporting performance from Kate McKinnon. John Lithgow... Uh, did an admirable job playing Roger Ailes as, uh, uh, you know, humanizing him, someone who, you know, I find found to be a fairly despicable human while he was alive. But um, the weird thing for me uh, in this was um, Margot Robbie, uh, or not, I'm sorry, not Margot Robbie, uh, Charlize Theron, she, uh, her, her husband is played by Mark Duplass in this film, which is very strange because last year in Tully, which was one of my favorite films of 2018, Mark Duplass plays her brother. And I don't know, it's just weird that they would cast an actor like that after they had been on screen as a familial thing. Um, kind of took me out of it, but, uh, I wish there had been. I wish there had been more substance to this film than there was. It just started to delve into the details, particularly of Megyn Kelly and Gretchen Carlson's um, lawsuits against Roger Ailes. Uh, Margot Robbie plays Kayla Pospisil, but, but it, I mean her last name doesn't matter anyways because she's not a real person. She's She's kind of a conglomerate of several people who, because there were a number of women who had filed sexual harassment lawsuits against Roger Ailes, and she's sort of the one that brings us into the Fox story and is is kind of our 
our entry protagonist into the film, which is feel kind of a disservice to the the real women who had to suffer through what this man did. Um, again, great performances from the three leading women, uh, particularly Charlize Theron and Margot Robbie, but ultimately uh, it left me wanting more substance in it. I, I would give this a 6 out of 10. Um, so Jumanji The Next Level, which, uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. I really didn't like I really liked Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, uh, which came out two years ago and had very little expectations from that. Um, I really liked Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart's chemistry, also with Karen Gillan and Jack Black. Uh, it's a weird collection of people who have very different comic sensibilities, and it works really, really well together. Um, I also really love the addition of Danny uh, uh, DeVito and... Uh, uh, Danny Glover, uh, as, you know, uh, one of the characters, grandfathers and his friend, uh, and then Aquafina, who doesn't pop up until later in the film, but, uh, uh, you know, nice addition to the cast, um, just w- weird chemistry that for the most part really works. And even Nick Jonas has an expanded role in this film and, uh, work too. It's, it, it's a fun popcorn movie that you know it, it's family friendly but it's still fun it doesn't it's not pandering to kids um yeah i i enjoyed it way more than i really expected to i mean i i didn't think it was going to be terrible given how how much i enjoyed welcome to the jungle but it was still as far as a sequel to uh that movie uh they could have just kind of coasted and they did some interesting stuff with it so i definitely recommend it um I would give Jumanji the next level a 7 out of 10. Uh, Let's see. I also saw Uncut Gems, which, uh, you know, a lot of people have been talking about uh, The Irishman, you know, being Martin Scorsese's latest film. It came out on Netflix. It was also in some theaters. But, you know, Martin Scorsese's known for making gritty crime films and for my money this is far better a film than the irishman was i mean it's not technically a crime film but there is some crime in it um but tonally it's very similar um this is this is uh, the new film by josh and benny safty who've who've made a, a few really dark interesting films, but it stars Adam Sandler and it's not a comedic performance at all. It's a, it's a quite good dramatic turn from him. And it's, it's nice to see, uh, him give it, give a dramatic performance. Um, he, he is a very capable dramatic actor. seems like every seven or eight years is when is, is when he will actually do one of those, but he is getting a lot of accolades for this. So I'm hoping uh, because of that, um, he'll continue to do more things like this, take risks instead of playing it safe with the kind of vanilla comedies he does. Um, his performance is excellent. The film is really good. It's got a frenetic pacing, and it, I, I was really anxious the whole time, but in a good way. Uh, Uncut Gems, I'd give it a solid 7 out of 10. Uh, I also saw Noah Bombosh's Marriage Story. Uh Fantastic performances from both Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. It's 
it's sad. It's pretty depressing. You know, it's it's really about a marriage falling apart. But it's you know, it's great seeing both of them play opposite each other. Um, some of the best performances I've seen from either of them in their careers. And uh, you know, it, it, it was never too heavy-handed on either side because at varying points. I'm agreeing with one of them and detesting the other, and then 20 minutes later, I've flipped sides, and I really can relate to the other one, and it goes back and forth a few times. So, you know, it's a very human story, and really liked it. Uh, I, You know, I'd give Marriage Story an 8 out of 10. Uh, I saw Knives Out, which is Ryan Johnson's latest film, uh, you know, earlier when Bob and Greg and I were talking about our top 10 films, Bob and I agreed it was nice to have Ryan Johnson back making a Ryan Johnson type film because, uh, the rise of, or I'm sorry, the last Jedi, which he wrote and directed just didn't feel like one of his films. And it also didn't particularly feel like a star Wars movie, but this, this has a very throwback 1960s whodunit murder mystery feel to it. Um, all the actors seemed like they had a great time doing it. Um, particularly Chris Evans, and, uh, you know, Tony Collette's very over the top. Daniel Craig has a very Kentucky fried accent. Um, there's a lot of people in it and I'm a big fan of almost all these actors and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Really, really recommend it as far as like mainstream, uh, accessible films. I'd say Knives Out was the best film that I saw this year. And then, uh, Last but not least, uh, Little Women, which was uh, a f- fantastic film. I-, I was really looking forward to it. Um, it's the, this latest adaptation written and directed by Greta Gerwig, who did Lady Bird uh, a year and a half ago, and uh, stars Saoirse Ronan, who also starred in Lady Bird. Uh, <clears throat> Lady Bird also stars Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, and... Uh, Eliza Scanlon, who I'd never seen before, um, Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet, and uh, Tracy Letts have have smaller roles. Uh, Bob Odenkirk uh, as well, and Meryl Streep and Chris Cooper have smaller roles as well. Uh, Chris Cooper was a little, little on the spooky side, but I think Chris Cooper is a little on the spooky side, so it kind of makes sense. Um, he plays those roles really well, but you know the the, the three leads: uh, Florence Pugh, Emma. It's not Emma Watson. No, it is Emma Watson and uh, Saoirse Ronan gave fantastic performances, and I really liked the chemistry between Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet. Um, just you know, if you haven't seen Little Women before, if you're not familiar with the story, I it's this is a great way to go into it. It's sad, it's funny, it's heartwarming. I mean, it's a great holiday film. I know we're at, we're just outside of the holiday season now, but yeah, I really liked it. I give Little Women an 8 out of 10. Highly recommend it. So that is the end of the movies that I saw in 2019. I'm very much looking forward to seeing a bunch of films in 2020 and looking forward to telling you all about them. So thank you for listening and I will talk to you soon.